Welcome to Build Your Biz, the official podcast of the Skillspace community. Hi, this is Amy Smith from Skillspace, where it's my job to impart some wisdom to help you grow and build your online business and brand. My name's Landon Porter. I am also known as the Sales Gorilla, and I am one of the head gorillas with Gorilla Marketing. We teach business owners, coaches, and consultants how to acquire clients without feeling weird and awkward about it. We teach essentially a process where they go find their perfect for them clients. And usually that starts as an ideal client avatar process. And then those ICAs weed themselves out and the people that end up being coming clients are perfect clients for you. So that's kind of what we do. I was a sales guy for 15 years in two different industries. I am a business owner now. I stay home and work at home with my wife and we've got a couple of teenage kids, a couple of dogs, a couple of cats and a bunch of chickens. Chickens. Yep. That reminds me. Um, someone wanted me to ask what, cause we love your dynamic that you and Ash have. So I guess before we go into the ICA, they want to know like what you guys do in your spare time. First of all, you guys are great, but what in the world do you do in your spare time besides your chickens and your cats and your dogs? Um, right now there's not a whole lot of spare time. Um, Ash has, Ash works full time for a direct response marketing firm that also participates in our space. Um, and then she works with me on this full time and we've got teenage kids. So there's a lot going on, but, um, we have, we're, we have, uh, we're time independent, meaning we can basically work when we want. Um, so a lot of times we will just go do something, take the dogs for a walk or go on a date spur of the moment or whatever. We're also kind of a, of the mindset of um, work now, pay the price now so we can pay any price later. Mm-hmm. So we, we both generally put in between 12 and 16 hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. With teenage, well, fortunately, teenagers can make their own food and stuff. Right. Potty trained and the whole nine yards. That's, that's currently my <laughs> issue is having a toddler who just got potty trained and still having to stop and cook dinner. I feel like I could go 16 hours until my husband's like, uh, I haven't seen you. Yep. He works the nine to five though. Yeah. Our oldest turns 16 next month. So, um, this summer I see building a four wheel drive with him and when camping and go four wheeling and stuff like that. So that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Especially once the weather gets warmer, mm-hmm. so you've been doing sales, you said for 15 years. So you've been able to take in like everybody in your group loves that you're taking in this, this non salesy, non sleazy sales strategy, How, but you used to do cold calling and now you're saying it's probably mostly not a good idea. Mm-hmm. How did you transfer into that mindset? Sure. So the short of it is I had two little kids and I was working nights, weekends and holidays in the food industry. I was a chef and um, didn't really work. So I ended up selling, sports cars, wholesaling sports cars with a longtime family friend for really, it was two summers and a little bit in the winter that was in the middle of that. And then I was hired by one of the guys who bought a car from us to call homeowners. If that gets too loud, let me know. Got the window open because it's nice here. Um, so I ended up in real estate for like four and a half years and it was all phone work until you built a referral base, you know, to send you clients. Um, and then the crash was coming, saw that. So got out and I got into business to business finance. That was all cold calling. Here's the deal. If you're a hired salesperson and cold calling is one of the top two most effective ways for you specifically as a salesperson to get the job done, then by all means you need to cold call. Business owners shouldn't waste their time because it's like anything else. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of effort to get decent at the cold calling thing. And you're looking for a needle in a haystack when you're taking your message to somebody else like that. You end up with clients that otherwise you wouldn't choose to have, 
but you're closing just anybody you can because you need to close them. Yeah. Well, business owners don't have the time to practice that craft enough to get decent at it, let alone good at it. It's just not the most effective way to, to go about it. And then you end up generally with clients that are not very good yeah. because you're closing anybody you can instead of, you know, letting them sort themselves out and being able to tell half of them no and then the other half, yeah, this will work. Here's how you get started with me. That's a good distinction because there's another member of your group, which I haven't mentioned, getting clients without being salesy on Facebook, that was, who's also in Ben Perry's. And she was saying how afraid she is to cold call now <clears throat> because, and Ben's like, is it because of Landon? And she's like, yes. But her point was she is an artist a local artist who is trying to find like event vendors or locations. So mm -hmm. she, so I guess he was making essentially the same distinction was that some people, there's still the need to pull call. But like you said, for most of us, I mean, even, so I got started with photographer, photography and website development. And for a while they were talking about, you know, cold emailing and all that. And I was like, God, I hate doing that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but and nobody responds. Yep. Everybody looks at it from the wrong perspective. You're going to have to put work in on the front end to get any kind of endeavor going, right? Now that work, that activity could be setting up an online presence and taking the time to understand your ideal client avatar and then formulating your sales message that they'll resonate with and go find out where they're at traffic wise and put that message in front of them. And that's your work. Once you've done that activity and it's working, it's done. You just continue to drive traffic to that message. So now you've got an asset or in most cases, several assets that just perform for you ongoing. But everybody looks at it from the standpoint of, I need to go get a client. Like I need to go get clients now. Mm -hmm. And so they put their activity into the cold calling thing. And then they realize I can't do this. I hate it, right? And everybody's like, oh, I'll cold call five people today. You're out of your damn mind. You need to cold call 200 people a day for five months. But then once you stop doing that activity, guess what? The client flow stops. Because you're probably burned out too. <laughs> Go do it for 15 years. Oh, gosh. So that's a lot of... That's a lot right there. So how would people, a lot of, okay, at least a lot of people that listen to my stuff, they are probably newer or intermediate in the fact that they may or may not have a website. They have no idea where to get started. What would you recommend for online business owners, regardless of their niche for getting started? I would build a simple profile funnel on Facebook. Your ideal clients may not have intent to buy from you on Facebook, but they're on Facebook. We need to, we need to have a simple soapbox set up on Facebook, which is your profile funnel, so that when we're ready, we can find them and pixel them, which is a fancy little word for a piece of code where we can now track them around the internet. And it, it looks like this for most people. A business page on Facebook, right? That's about your business, the thing that you do. And then on your personal profile, the cover photo and the featured photo and the, the verbiage in your intro all points to the thing that you do, which is talked about more in depth on that business page. That's a profile funnel. And then on that business page, you can talk about the thing that you do and the simple call to action on many of those pieces of content posts is if this is you, then request a call here, schedule a call with me here, you know, go opt in for this thing here. It's a lot more simple than people think. And that's why most people miss it, right? They're thinking it's gotta be this big complicated thing and it's really not. I agree. I'm not a special media management and stuff is not my forte, but I, I always recommend, I was like, if you're not on any other platform, you need to be on Facebook. And even certain niches can get away with not even having a website. They can just start having a fan page. Like I have a friend who's a baker and I'm like, just start with a fan page if you don't have an income. 
So I think that's great. So starting on Facebook, um, what about people who, or what do you recommend for people to stand out in an industry that's very populated, like real estate or social media management, VAs? What do you think about that? Well, you're your own person, right? Which means that there's nobody else on the planet that's quite like you. And the reality is, is you probably have either a couple of skill sets or a couple of knowledge bases that are unique to you as it applies to the business that you're talking about. If you combine those things, for example, let's say somebody who is really into organic farming and they're a real estate agent and the state that they live in has land where people could buy a home and go off grid and become an organic, right? So that makes you unique as a real estate agent. Um, or if you're, if you're a newer real estate agent and you're in your early to late twenties, you're still a pretty young person. If you went and focused on millennials in the downtown areas of wherever you live, now you become a little bit more unique. Leverage your personality to connect with your ideal client instead of trying to figure out who is the best client. Figure out who you want to work with. That's what I would say. I like how you did that. So I went through your ICA workbooks and I encourage anybody to. And you, for the first time, were focusing on like, you know, me or, you know, whoever's taking it and using our, I mean, using our strengths and what we want to work with, who we don't want to work with. And I don't think a lot of people do that. A lot of people don't talk about that. They always talk about like, well, what, you know, what does your person look like? But then you, you aren't getting, like you said, the perfect client and you're sometimes working harder. What, I guess what I'm trying to say is <laughs> where, what are major things you feel like people aren't focusing on when they're looking for, looking within themselves for a perfect client maybe it's like choosing a mate right it naturally happens very easily when we just resonate with somebody we're just naturally attracted to somebody and they are naturally attracted to us the conversations and what we can do together and all of those things happen very easily a business relationship is not a whole lot different than an intimate relationship in that sense. It happens better when we are naturally attracted to each other, which means that we naturally relate to each other, which means that it is more about you than you think. Mm -hmm. What do you want? What do you like? What do you, what will you tolerate? What won't you tolerate? Who is it that you actually want to help with whatever, whatever it is that you do, who do you want to use that superpower to, to help? Um, I came across that in a very selfish manner. I recognized in my process that I had a bunch of clients that I couldn't stand. I didn't like dealing with them. I didn't like, they were a headache, right? It was like having that girlfriend that, you know, was just always a problem. Right. And it occurred to me that, Oh, if I want clients that I actually like, I need to, before I let them become a client, I need to determine if I like them or not. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's, that's the main thing. And it comes down to being honest with yourself enough to say, who do I actually like? Right. And then out of that general, who do I actually like? Who can use my stuff? Oh, okay. And then, you know, you continue down that path. Um, the other piece of it is, is a lot of people, especially new or intermediate people think that they need to become an expert at all these different things so they can help their people with all these different things. And that's um, usually a death sentence to a new business. You need to figure out the one thing that you can do or that you're more passionate about than anything else and become an expert at that. And if you focus on one thing, to become an expert enough to be able to charge for that really is usually just a few months, but you've got to be very you know, committed and dedicated to mastering that craft. I like that you were talking about that uh, yesterday about your, the vertical and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And I've definitely, in my rebrand for 
um, the brand creative, I'm like, okay, I'm taking out all this stuff that I may be good at, but it's not what I want to do. And I'm just focusing on two things versus all the things. <laughs> Cause, and I even just feel like a weight off my shoulder focusing on that. Cause it's like, okay, well now I'm not going to get those clients. Now I'm going to like really do what I care about and what I'm good at or, and I'm going to get better as I'm doing it. So I definitely like, like that. What about people who their clients are different? Like it's not necessarily a service based, like maybe it's like you like coaching, consulting or brands that, okay. For my instant, for instance, my husband, I have, there's a few people in the group that are like this, but my husband, he does 3d printing, but he's not selling 3d printing products. He's selling like, like he has a blog, he has a course. What do you recommend for people like that? in terms of, I guess, nurturing in order to bring people into a paid course. Mm -hmm. To teach them how to 3D print? Yes. Okay, well, I would still niche down. And what I mean by that is, is if, I was, if I was a 3D printer, I would find a thing that 3D printing could just absolutely be the end all be all for it. Aftermarket RC car parts, gun stuff, aftermarket car stuff, like, I would find a I would find a an industry where people are passionate or maybe even obsessive about the thing, um, <laughs> right? Yes. Passionate, obsessive. I've got forty of them. You know, find a vertical where people are interested in the thing beyond just owning it. I carve briar pipes, but I don't spend my time doing it. I go buy one. So I would be interested in the info, but probably not in a course on the thing. Right. Um, but that you got to, but that's, but you're not necessarily the client. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yep. Pick a thing that you're interested in first mm -hmm. and then go get involved in that industry. And then, figure out how what you do can connect to that industry and the people in that industry and then become the guy or the gal for that industry. It's no different than, you know, if you're going to go become a surgeon and you're going to become a specialist because you want to make more money and you want to focus with just one kind of client, it's, it's the same thing. Go find one thing that you're interested in and explore that to the end of the earth. That's true. And going through the process of figuring out what you like, the ICA and all that stuff will really help narrow it down. I feel like once people reflect back on themselves, they do that. Mm -hmm. And I like how you use a lot of the authenticity. Like you're just honest, like this is who I am. I feel like for a long time, people were like, okay, you got to be professional or you got to look a certain way or do a certain thing. But then like, I think you were saying recently, you know, if, with Bob, your Bob scenario, like three months down the road, you have to have a conversation because now you're a different person than what Bob thought you were or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So back to that example about your husband with the 3d printing thing, the fastest way for him to have success is to focus what he does on one ICA. Let's call it people in the aftermarket, um, RC car world, right? He comes up with all the different designs to make all the different things and he figures out the right products and the right ingredients and all of those things. Well, his message is now focused on one very specific group of people. And so that message is specific to them. Well, if he likes those people, he's not going to run into many issues where people buy his course and come into his world where he's like, yeah, this guy's a jerk. <laughs> It's kind of important when you're dealing with people, mm -hmm. right? I love that you're like enter people's worlds mm -hmm. using the right, I guess, terminology because some people are turned off by other terminology, which you probably know having a lot of sales experience. Yep. <laughs> the, the ultimate message is be yourself mm -hmm. and own your weird ass self 100%. And if that means that you're not professional, don't be professional. If that means that that's who you are, then be that. Yeah. But don't put on a mask to, to try and be something for other people because that just never works. Yes. 
And then, like you said, you're probably getting the wrong clients or having an issue with the, with the wrong clients. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so ways, once you have a client, what do you recommend for kind of nurturing that relationship? You're going to have to give me a little bit more info than that. So, okay, maybe not an actual client. So you are really good with the Facebook group and leading people through that funnel. Mm -hmm. What is some of your favorite strategies that you use to keep people in that funnel? Mm -hmm. Yep. Here's what it comes down to. Knowing your ideal client avatar better than they know themselves. And here's, here's how that works. If I know what it is that you want that I can provide, the getting client thing, which is why you're in my world, right? Generally, there's three to six main key topics that are subtopics, right? The big thing is getting clients. But some of the smaller things are, okay, well, do I do cold outreach or do I, like, how do I get them to come to me? That's one topic. Another topic is, is okay, cool, I think I found them, my ICA, that's another topic. And I, I think I've started to attract them, that's a whole other topic. How do I keep them in my funnel? How do I keep them engaged in my world? Now, this doesn't matter if this is... Um, you're doing this as one-on-one -on -one interactions or they're going through your automated stuff. If you know what those three to six main topics are and you're talking about those three to six main topics, most of the people that actually want the big one thing will stay engaged with your world because they know, well, I want this one big main thing and I know I need to do this, 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 and this. And he keeps talking about this, 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 and this just makes sense. If you're doing one-on-one -on -one client interaction stuff, it's asking questions. Amy, what is it that you need? Mm. I need clients. Okay, what are you doing? Well, currently I'm doing this and this and this. Okay, we need to work on this, 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 and that. Mm. And then we just continue having conversations about that. A lot of people confuse that and chasing people. Don't chase people. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I guess let's back up a little bit because that's that was a really good point is if you figured out what your ICA is, and for, for a lot of people, that's not always themselves or their spouse. What do you recommend in terms of researching more like pain points or those three to six topics? Mm -hmm. How would you recommend going about doing that? People on social media are like drunk people at a bar. If, if let's, let's break this down. Let's use a topic. Let's go ahead and use you as an example. You do web design as one of your businesses, right? Give me a, give me a subtopic that would be the right kind of clientele for you. And I'll use that as the example to do this. Subtopic like WordPress versus Squarespace type thing. Sure. And who would you be building a WordPress website for? Um, I usually recommend people that are doing beyond web or just landing pages. So like maybe selling services, a blog or a community. Okay. Let's go with selling services and let's say that you're going to go after local marketing and you're going to go find people who own local cleaning businesses and you're going to build them an online presence, which starts with, and the website is the hub. Okay. Mm -hmm. So where would you go find people that own local house cleaning services? Yelp. Right. Okay. So go find them on Yelp. And then once you've found them on Yelp for a specific city, go onto Facebook and search for business groups for that local area. And then go through those Facebook business groups and see if you can identify a couple of those house cleaning business names that you saw on Yelp for that local area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you find a, a local business group that's semi active, that Seems like you're kind of people, right? You could totally hang out there and they're not too irritating and annoying. They will naturally be asking each other, how do I do this? And what do you do with that? And how do you do with this? And what do you do about that? And if you just watch and don't get involved yet, they will begin divulging that stuff like a drunk person at a bar, right? Yes. 
because they're on Facebook, they're in a social environment, they're looking and seeking help, they're going to verbalize in their own words what their actual issues are. And once you've seen that from eight to 12, maybe 14 or 15 people over the span of a couple of weeks, you start seeing patterns emerge. Ah, these guys don't know that they need a website. There's one. These guys think that it's just all about Yelp reviews. Yelp reviews. I know those are crap, right? And like you just start lining up all these different subtopics and the easiest way to do it is take a notepad. You go spend two or three or four weeks monitoring people that are possibly your ICA. Write down everything. And every time you see that one topic come up again, you put a check mark next to it. And then at the end of the time you're researching these people, you go back and look, okay, everybody thinks that they need Yelp reviews. That's the most common discussed thing. And then the second thing is, is everybody wonders if they need a website and what that website does. That's the second thing. And then the third thing is, is they don't know how to find their own clients. And then the fourth thing is, and then pretty soon you've got four main topics that just constantly come up. Those are the patterns. Those are the main things that they're dealing with. Now you start interacting with those people and then through having conversations with them, it becomes apparent what their actual problems are. But now you've got some data to go have that conversation with them. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's a great because also you're, it's, I think some people worry that if they ditch down too much, they're not going to have topics, but you just created like a whole business basically based on niching down so specifically, which like, which I know, um, I have a, a friend who is, she, her, she's trying to create her own new niche and she's like, I am, she's no idea where to get started. I'm like, I personally don't know where to get started too. So, but I did say, I was like, go to Facebook groups, find, like, just ask, like, if you don't have, if you don't have a Facebook group, just ask, you know, like, does anybody know of anybody that needs this? I, I mean, Facebook's just really been a game changer for everything. Um, I almost gave up on Instagram kind of. Well, the different social networks, this, the different social media websites are for different things, right? We go to YouTube for entertainment and how to's, right? We go to Facebook to hang out in communities, mm -hmm. right? So whatever you did when you were in high school, wherever you went and hung out with other people, that's kind of what Facebook is like. And by and large, people are in that mentality mid to late teens on Facebook generally, which is a good thing for marketers because if we just watch for a little bit, they will tell us everything we need to know and they tell us in their own language, right? Wow, that's true for getting to know the language, mm -hmm. all these things. I have a, someone recommended that because I have an ongoing client who's in the fitness and she's like, well, why don't you just only do fitness? I'm like, well, I don't know if I have the passion for only doing fitness, but it, that, again, that's that whole ICA of where, what do I want to do? Um, Real quick, before we move on, I want to make it really clear. You don't have to pick one ICA and then that's the only thing you ever deal with. The point there is to get proficient at dealing with those people and becoming a go-to for those people. You don't have to become the best in that, in that industry or that niche. The point is to build a solid client base because all of your messaging and all of your language and all of your conversations become very, very, very similar dealing with just fitness people for web development. And then once you've kind of got that nailed, mm -hmm. we don't want to keep all of our eggs in the same basket. So we pick another niche. Now we're going after local foot doctors, right? Still physical something but now we have a different ICA. We can go do something slightly different, but we've got this base of the, you know, the, um, the fitness world that we can kind of stand on dealing with these foot doctors because they're related. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we go from there to physical therapy places, right? And like you can just continue adding these different ideal client avatars and building your business with these micro niches. Mm -hmm. It's the fastest way to build a business to mention getting the social proof and the case studies and you had a point about you don't have and you haven't had any clients to use yourself as a case study to build mm -hmm. the social proof 
which mm -hmm. I thought was great because I know a lot of people like they're just now quitting their nine to fives or, you know, they've been doing it on the side, but they're still trying to be like official now, but they don't know what to do next in order to get the clients. <laughs> so, okay. Um, but that actually answered one of my last questions. Um, someone asked how could they solidify themselves as an expert and you were just saying like you know just basically niching all the way down <laughs> and and then just doing the vertical and then moving on from there it is difficult to become an expert it is um it's the only path really to have success ultimately is to become an expert at the thing that you do. How do you become an expert? Lots of practice, right? And the fastest way to get lots of practice is to focus on one specific area, right? If you're gonna go learn how to ride a bike as a, as a little kid, you don't today try a tricycle and tomorrow try a 10 speed and the day after that ride a BMX and the day after that try a unicycle. You pick one bike and you go learn how to ride that, right? Um, most people won't become expert experts. Most people will become specialists, which is more than good enough to build a mid six to low seven figure business if they will focus and specialize in an area. Okay. So I have um, someone who's, you know, she started out doing all social media management. Now she's like, but I really have a passion for Facebook group building. Mm -hmm. Well, then let's do that. Like, if that's your passion, like, not everybody offers that. Right. Well, and if you've got social media management experience, it's really easy to transition into building Facebook groups for other businesses. And if you're good at that thing, that could be quite the profit center. You know what I mean? I completely agree. I feel like Facebook is just a great way because building a community around a business or a brand is just amazing as mm -hmm. you know. Yep. So, Oh, someone else, they asked, they wanted to know more about how you came with, you know, gorilla, gorilla marketing, you know, all the four of you. And maybe I guess, I think she just wanted to know why the gorilla. <laughs> <clears throat> so I was a sales guy, right? And, about halfway through my sales career, about seven and a half years into sales, I was selling corporate business to business finance. And I'd been doing that for about two, two and a half years. And I had a client whom I managed for eight or 10 months at that, at the point where the story originates. And they were a giant, giant company, global, in the fortune 10 single digit fortune. I mean, they were massive. Every one of us that's ever going to see this video has many, many, many of their products in our homes mm -hmm. and a sales idiot on the sales floor, eight or 10 months previous to this happened to land this client just got lucky and at random, but they didn't have the experience to manage that client. One of the things that I, had a skill set in was managing relationships, managing clients like that, and essentially mining those clients for more money for us and more work for us because they needed more than what they thought they did and on and on and on. I had a 45 minute conversation with this guy and he was just yelling and screaming at me the entire thing because the sales idiot told them something that was inaccurate because that was the thing they said, if you can do this, we can do business. And the guy flat out lied to this client and they came on board and it wasn't a big thing, but eventually that issue came up and now there's a fire, mm -hmm. right? And I'm looking at, I'm looking at if this, if this doesn't go right, if I can't sort this out, there's 20 grand to me annually that's gone. Mm -hmm. That was a big chunk of, of my paycheck from just one client. I was managing like 400 clients at the time. Not all of them I made that much money from, but, um, and I got off the phone and I went down and I, there was me and one other guy that were hired on the same day that he's still in the industry. That just doesn't happen in that world. 
And I went down and I opened his door because I needed to blow off some steam. And he turned around. His desk was kind of in the corner of his office. And he turned around to look at me. He was like, feeling awfully gorilla today, aren't you? Because he could tell I was pissed. And I said, yeah. How's the language for your listeners? Is it okay? Well, I'm standing in his office doorway. And I've got the entire sales floor of about 30 people behind me. And I'm like, yeah, these stupid fucking monkeys will say any goddamn thing to land a client. And then we have to deal with it. And then I blurted out the, the company name may not be here because of him. And, you know, it wasn't, that was a different guy, but point was, and then it just kind of took off. They were stupid monkeys until they got good enough at the thing to just not be a stupid monkey. And eventually if they stuck around long enough, they became a gorilla, which meant that they didn't have to act like monkeys, you know, making a bunch of noise and waving their arms and causing a scene. If you've ever been on a sales floor, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then eventually when you become really good, you become a silverback gorilla. Well, that just played right into this whole thing. We needed a brand. We needed a mascot. We needed all of this stuff. And when I was kind of talked into teaching the sales thing, one of the people that I was working with at the time was like, well, you know, like if, if we were going to use something as a brand, what do you think it'd be? And I'd be like, well, you know, and I told her that story and she's like, so you're the sales gorilla. I said, okay, well, Ash has a lot of skill sets because of the other thing that she does that fit right into this. John, our first actual paid member in the course, has a bunch of behind the scenes digital marketing knowledge and experience and tech and all of that. And Mark is a sales guy and a business owner like I am. And the four of us just kind of gravitated together and it just kind of made sense. Wow. So that's, that's how all of this became guerrilla marketing. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know how many people know that story, but that's a great story. You know, what's, you know what's so funny about this little world of ours is I feel like I tell that story once a week. I feel like everybody is tired of hearing that story, but then I'll talk with somebody that's been around for a month or two or three, and they're like, where did that come from? And I'm like, it's amazing, right? I can go on every day and do a Facebook Live about our course. And if I did that every day for 90 days, there'd still be 60% of the people in the group that have no idea we teach a course. <laughs> well, Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that is. But as, as much as your Facebook groups has grown, I feel like, first of all, not everybody is watching every video. There's, and then nope. there's so many posts in the feed. I don't know. I, I can believe it. But that's yeah. so crazy. Okay. I love it. Well, I think that's technically all of my questions. Um, my husband, actually, he wanted me to ask, have you ever pivoted? Obviously you have. And maybe some tips on pivoting for people that are thinking about, you know, maybe niching down or starting something new. Yep. So Ash and I were teaching a parenting course and building a Facebook group around teaching parents of preteens how to deal with preteens. And it was going exceedingly well. <clears throat> and this is this is one of the main things that I tell people is the thing that people will buy from you is usually not something that you think they will buy from you. Even if it's very similar, like you do web design and web development. Mm -hmm. Well, people may actually want something slightly different from that in the same general area. And that's what they think they want from you. Right. I was just having conversations with enough people about something that I needed help with Facebook ads that they were telling me about their day. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Tell me about that because I, that's my world. Mm -hmm. I got this guy 20 some leads and he didn't sign up with me. And I know he turned some of them into clients like, and he won't sign up with me as a client. Like what the hell? And I, I had enough of those conversations where people were like, dude, you need to teach this. And I was like, no. <laughs> well, I was talked into this whole sales thing, right? So that's pivot one. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. I'll go do this. We'll see what happens. It totally took off. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a sales guy and I'm not a trainer. I'm not a teacher. Like my weird style of doing this is my own thing. And I'm not really a teacher. 
So over the first three months, it occurred to me, oh, they just want a magic phrase to close any old prospect. And I'm like, no, that's not. So pivot one begins to happen. My message starts to change. I'm starting to understand who my ICA isn't. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I had no idea who my ICA was. So there's like pivot point two, right? And then go another couple of months and it becomes pretty clear that, oh, these people want to learn about cold calling and cold emailing and scraping email and all these douchebaggery ways to try and just get somebody to do a thing. I'm like, eh, that ain't it. So start to pivot again. Well, that brings us to about the end of summer of 2017, where it occurred to me, ah, what I want to teach people how to do is get clients, which is totally different than learning how to do sales. Mm -hmm. And our message drastically changed again. We went from it, it. I mean, it was all the sales gorilla. And now it's shifted to guerrilla marketing, mm -hmm. right? And our whole message changed. We pivoted again. We started going after a different ICA. You have to understand your ideal client avatar. And if you can say, I think I want to work with these people, you need to have enough conversations with those people to say, yep, yep, yep. Nope. I don't want to deal with these people. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Wow. Cool. These are my people. Okay. Now who are the best of those people for me? Well, they're these people. They're again, slightly different. All of these are just little pivots. If you're going to go from selling parenting stuff to sales stuff, that's a big pivot. And I really only recommend that if the thing you're pivoting to is something you're absolutely in love with, or people keep bringing it to you, dude, you need to teach people how to make these like, this is this, you're the best at this. You need to teach people this, right? Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that's great that, it's, that you're, you've, you've pivoted to almost the, probably, I assume you might pivot some more, but you've pivoted to like your better ICA, mm -hmm. which has been great. And then, so when did you start doing live video or video teaching then? I was told, okay, fine, Landon, you don't want to do this, but you're going to do this. Let me go back to that story. Um, in the very end of December through January of 2017, I had a bunch of people that I was having conversations with, about a dozen. And about a half a dozen of those people were telling me basically the same thing. We all went through the same Facebook ads course, and they were all essentially having issues with the same thing, turning a free trial client into a paid client. And so I'm talking with about six people on a fairly regular basis. And all of a sudden within one week, three of them on the same day are like, dude, you need to teach this. These three guys never even spoke to each other before. I'm like, are you guys pranking me? Cause I was adamant. Like, there's no way I'm teaching that. No interest. Spent 15 years in it. I'm done. Not the next day, but the following day, another person's like, dude, you need to teach this. And then the next day I heard it again. I'm like, you guys are out of your, like, this has got to be a joke. I was telling somebody that I was doing some work with at the time what had happened. And she was like, well, okay, Landon, but you're going to do this. The next day, she created a Facebook group, added like 80 people to it, and was like, go do a Facebook Live and, and talk to these people. I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. Sweating bullets. Nervous. Didn't know what the hell to say. I was just like, you know what? Screw it. And I did it. And they ate it up. Like I had 40 people on that first live. It was nuts. Oh my gosh. Out of 80 people, right? And so we we did that in that group. And then we started a beta course for the thing. And we brought in a few paying members. Like I said, John was one of the first. And then we pivoted, closed down both of those groups, opened up two new groups, right? Your Facebook group is your asset as a business. I didn't open those first two groups, so they weren't mine. If you're going to be a business owner, you need to own control of your assets. So close down those groups, and a bunch of the people in, those, in that first main group weren't a fit. Out of 250 to 400, somewhere in there, there was about 80 people that we took with us mm -hmm. and started the new group from. Um, yeah, I started doing Facebook Lives day one, and then... Uh, like a month in, I'd probably done 60 or 70 lives. Like I was doing one or two a day. Oh, wow. 
And Sean Manaher started the 30 day Facebook live challenge. And I happened to see it in the first one that he did. He said, this scares the hell out of me. And because I'm pushing myself outside my comfort zone, I'm going to, I'm committed to doing one of these a day for 30 days. And I was like, that's interesting. So I was like, you know what? I will support you in doing this because we were buddies. I will support you in doing this and I will get the message out. Cause on that first one, he said, if you'd like to join me on this 30 day Facebook live challenge, maybe we can help a bunch of people get more comfortable with sharing themselves and their story. And it just took off. There's a full on Facebook group about it. Now there was several hundred people that, I mean, well, Trish, um, I met Ben shortly after all of that. Um, like I could go on and on and on. There's probably two dozen people that you know of from our world that got their start doing that 30 day Facebook live challenge, Audric and Bobby Donahue was around at that time. So day one. Oh, wow. And it's kind of been one of the things you're known for now or, yep. and cause you're always going in live. Like, do you, do you even have other than like your scheduled nights, do you just kind of pop in? I don't, I don't even notice if there's a time. You know, what's interesting is, is I did a Facebook live yesterday. The last one I did was last Friday night. <laughs> the one previous that I did was like Wednesday last week, but I've done so many of them and there's so many Facebook lives in the group that people just assume that I go live every day. Yeah. Whereas, um, this most current iteration of the treasure hunt, I did a bunch of Facebook lives over the course of two weeks, mm-hmm. the month and a half prior to that. And this last three weeks since I did all that, maybe five or six Facebook lives other than Friday night live. So it's not, it's not as constant as it appears because I front loaded the group with all of that. It's, I did all the work. I did all the practice. I did, I built my craft. Right. And now I can kind of leverage that as an asset. Yes. It's kind of like the new blogging. I I was always recommend blogs because it's sort of like building your portfolio, like things like link mm-hmm. back to. So now you're like linking back. Like I've, videos that were before I joined the group, like I'm like, oh, I'm still finding them because they're linking back. You need to create like a master doc of all your videos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you already did that, but you should. <laughs> Someone can do that for you. Yep. Uh, so you brought up the treasure hunt. I don't, not everybody listen, not a lot of groups do that. So do you want to quickly like define that for people? Sure. So The treasure hunt is a series of videos and posts that all put together accomplish these few things in and of themselves. They are a course on how to get clients. Mm -hmm. It's the fundamentals. It's the basics, but it also teaches all of the new people that come into our world, what we're like, what we're about, how to operate here, what we expect, what they should expect, what they should and shouldn't do. It orientates them into our world, right? It also allows us the ability to filter or qualifying these people that come through that, filtering our perfect for us clients from all of our ICAs because everybody that joins the group, I'd say 90% of them are our, or could be considered our ideal client avatar, but not all of them are gonna buy our stuff. So we put them through this process to where they go, yep, I like this, yep, I like this, yep, I like this. I'll give you my email address. Yep, I like this, yep, I like this, yep, I like this. I'll buy that thing. Yep, I like this, yep, I like this, yep, I like this. Oh my God, I found my people, (laughs) right? It is a relationship funnel. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, everybody that's watching this has probably heard the term funnel, Mm -hmm. right? And they, they understand that to be a series of, web pages that the goal there is to accomplish getting a prospect's contact info or selling them something. Mm -hmm. It's a traditional sales funnel. When done well, it's a very simple sales funnel. What we teach is how to be yourself and find your perfect for you clients because they totally dig you and relate to you and all of that. So we use our personality. We do some personality marketing through a sales funnel to make it a relationship funnel. Is that, did I clarify that? Like, does that make sense? Okay. You did a good job. I don't know if it, it's because I already know, but I'm surprised at the amount of people that they, first of all, before you, I mean, I can put concepts together, but people don't really talk about relationship 
fun or relationship marketing, you know, other funnel, like it's really just sales funnel. That's like what the big thing is, is the sales funnel. And especially with websites, I'm pretty used to doing sales funnels. So mm-hmm. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about that. So I don't know if people who don't know about that understand, but I think you did a great job. Cool. <laughs> and I love that. So you offer, I, I've seen it, but I haven't purchased yet because I might've missed links. So where can people get your, you t- teach about doing a treasure hunt. You teach about a whole bunch of things. I know the salesgorilla.com links to your ICA workbook. Where can people find you and stuff? <laughs> people should find us at getting clients without being salesy on Facebook and answer the questions that we ask on before you're accepted. If you, only if you want to join. And then go through the treasure hunt. It takes about an hour and 27 minutes to go through the whole thing. You're going to learn how to get clients today. We're going to give you two little processes. You can go get clients like on day one. We're going to help you with your ICA. We're going to give you an actual workbook. It's not a little simple thing. It's pretty in-depth, but it will help you understand who your ideal client avatar is. And then at the end of that treasure hunt, on the very last page, there is an entire series of links for all of the posts for the treasure hunts, the map. And at the bottom of that, you can choose to buy the treasure hunt. If you're a Facebook group owner, if you're going to build Facebook groups for somebody, that would be something probably makes sense for you to get and learn how to do. You can buy our course, which is how to get clients without being salesy. And if you're really interested, you can fill out an application to coach one-on-one with either me or Mark. Nice. See, I went through the last treasure hunt. I'm still halfway through the current treasure hunt. So clearly I haven't. So you answered the question I haven't gotten yet. But that's nice. Yeah, like I said, I don't think a lot of people know all the different options that you have. So it's nice that you have the the tiers. But anyways, well thank you so much, Landon. You're most welcome. Talk to you later and have a great day. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope this was good for you. It was perfect. Thank you. Awesome sauce. Say hi to Ash. I will. Peace out, Cub Scout. Bye.